Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. My name is Jeff Biggs of Calvary Greeley here in Northern Colorado with you. As you've tuned in to Calvary Live, so glad that you are listening, that you have uh, made this uh, a part of your day, and so we're blessed to be able to minister to you. So we invite you to call in on Calvary Live, of course, the program where you, the listener, whether you're listening on your radio or perhaps a smartphone, the app uh, on a tablet, perhaps on the Grace FM website, however you're tuned in, we invite you to call in. You just heard the number to call in, number is 303-690-3000, for you to be able to ask questions pertaining to life and godliness in Christ Jesus, Bible questions maybe things around you that you're wondering what should our worldview be as Christians. Uh, Perhaps you need prayer. We're here to take prayer requests and to pray for you and pray with you. And so we're here uh, for you, the listener. This is your show, and we're delighted to minister to you. Uh, My name again, Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you for the next hour. The hour goes by very quickly, so give me a call. we got all open lines 303-690-3000 is the call-in number, and I know that we're in the middle of summer. We're heading towards a holiday weekend with the 4th of July as we celebrate the birth of our nation, and perhaps you've got uh, some plans to get away and get out and lots of activity, but this Monday afternoon, as you're listening on on Grace FM, Calvary Live, uh, you're listening live, Um, and it is... um, just a great opportunity for us to gather together um, here over the airwaves and to be able to minister um, to one another and be able to go to God's Word with the questions that you have, how we need God's Word so so much today. And we are so blessed as Christians to have the Word of God that uh, we can go to to give us absolute truth. Sometimes you'll hear people say that the Bible contains truth. The Bible is truth from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21. And we can go into the Word of God and get truth. We can um, obtain God's wisdom. Um, we can be comforted, edified, built up. So give me a call. I'd love to hear from you guys. I've been away for a couple of weeks uh, just to be refreshed and renewed. And um, uh, we had a busy month here at Calvary Greeley. Uh, as it seems like we're kind of coming on the other side of COVID and all the restrictions. I know it's still out there. There's still concerns. But... It's good to see businesses and other things that are opening up. And uh, we had a busy month with Vacation Bible School with the kids. Just a great time with them earlier in the month as they gathered. They were so excited. And then also, you know, having kids make commitments to Christ. We had over 20 of them do that uh, in the three days that we gathered uh, to celebrate our 25th anniversary as a church uh, to gather together. We had Grace FM, uh, Kevin, the station operator, um, manager was up here yesterday in Greeley with T-shirts and pins and stickers. We were praying for Kevin and our services. So grateful for Grace FM 
and all you who support the radio program. You are listening live uh, on this Monday, the 28th of June, and uh, so grateful that we can gather together. So give me a call. Got all open lines. Grab one of those open lines early because sometimes it fills up and you, you end up waiting. So this is a great opportunity for you to give me a call at 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. And then there's another way for you, as most of you know, uh, to be able to be on the program, and that's through texting only. The text number is a different number. It is 720-336-0897. Let me give you that number again, 720-336-0897. And I would encourage you to put those two numbers in your contact so whenever you're listening to the program that comes on Monday through Friday, all during the week, um, at the same time, uh, you can give us a call or you can text us a question. And as time permits us to and allows us to, if the calls drop off, then we go to the text line and begin uh, to go through that. So I know it's Monday. Uh, I know it's summer. Uh, if you're listening, perhaps you're uh, out and about, maybe coming home from work, maybe you're um, you know, uh, just with the kids at home, uh, whatever you're doing, give me a call at 303-690-3000. We got all open lines, so I'd love to hear from you. As I was saying here at Calvary Greeley, we just had a really busy month, and um, it's so good to, to uh, have the brethren gather together. Uh, the Word of God says it's good for the brethren to dwell together in unity, and, uh, and I hope that you are... Um, experiencing that uh, as much as you can and are grateful for the body of Christ and that we're grateful for the Word of God. I, I was listening to our radio program just that was on Grace FM right before uh, this uh, Calvary Live came on. Uh, we are on at 3.30. And by the way, I do want to welcome those of you who are listening to Hope FM and Truth FM on the East Coast. You too can call it those numbers that I just gave to you. 303-690-3000, the call-in number, text line 720-336-0897. You are a week delayed. And then also people that are listening online through, again, the mobile app or perhaps the website, uh, webpage, uh, uh, Grace FM. You can call anywhere in the country at those numbers. And then we also have international listeners as well. We welcome you. So I just want to say hello. Glad you're tuned in. Uh, and um, this is your show for you to be able to ask questions and give prayer requests. Uh, but as as I was saying, uh, it's been wonderful to be able to get out, and a lot of people are starting to do that, going on vacations, getting out, and uh, being blessed, and uh, it is certainly different than it was a year ago. And I just want to encourage you that as you're doing that, uh, you're getting out, take the Lord with you. Uh, be sure that you're staying in the Word, make sure that even if you have opportunity to be in fellowship, uh, wherever it is that you're traveling, and um, and just pray that we continue to grow in the Lord because we need that more than ever. But in the show that uh, I was being reminded, I was listening to it, um, that I was encouraging a congregation that we need to continue to be fed the Word of God. And that's what Calvary Live does. That's what Grace FM does. And as you are listening on Hope FM and Truth FM or Refuge FM, any other radio station, uh, you too have uh, the uh, opportunity to just keep growing as you listen to Christian radio, read your Bible as you're in fellowship uh, to strengthen us. And I was thinking, I went back to uh, Matthew, and we're going through Matthew on Sunday morning, 
but Jesus when the feeding of the 4,000. And the feeding of the 4,000 was different than the feeding of the 5,000. But as he's uh, there on the far side of, you know, the Galilee, uh, he is there and the people are with him for three days. And he would say to his disciples that uh, uh, they have continued with me for three days and have nothing to eat. And I, I don't want to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. And I love the concern of our Lord, the compassion of our Lord, because he's saying they need to be fed lest they faint on the way. And and here's the thing. If we are not being fed the word of God, we're going to faint in our journey in life. And we need to travel with him. We need to be with him. We need to be hearing from him. The words that he gives to us are spirit in life. So keep taking in the word of God, because if you're not and not making it a priority in your life, then you're going to be hungry and, and you're going to be weak spiritually. And there's a lot of voices that are out there. There's a lot of things out there that can really draw, uh, take up our time and, and um, you know, we can focus on a, and end up prioritizing even the cares of life. We, we can get so busy with all the responsibilities that we have, all the activities of going on in the family or, or whatever the case may be. But make sure that you're being fed the Word of God um, as you're having your devotions, as you listen to Christian radio. Uh, keep your you know dial on as you're traveling on Grace FM to be fed uh, wherever you're going. Uh, as you are in fellowship and taking in Bible study, uh, whether that's a small group or in a church, keep continuing through the Word of God because if we don't, and this will happen to any of us, we will end up fading. So give me a call. we got all open lines right now. love to hear from you and um, love to encourage you. Go to the Word of God to answer your questions or to pray with you. The call-in number is 303-690-3000, and the text line is 720-336-0897. So I'm just waiting for phone calls to come in. Just love to to be able to talk with you. So um, we've got a couple open lines. Let's go to Juan in Centennial. Hey, Juan. Hi, Pastor. How are you? Good. I had a question Good. about Matthew twenty-seven fifty-two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says that, um, and the tombs broke open, and the bodies of many holy people who had died uh, yeah. were raised to life. They came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection. Who were those right. people? Well, actually, as we look at it, and I'll read it again for the sake of the, the listeners, it, it talks about, I'm going to back up a verse, and this is where it's interesting. It, Jesus on the cross. He's cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As the sins of the world are being placed on him. And then it says in verse 51 of the chapter, Then behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth quaked and the rocks were split, and the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. So Matthew inserts, I think he's the only gospel writer that inserts this, that after the resurrection of Jesus, you know, these, these Old Testament saints were seen. So what is this all about? We know that Jesus, when he died on the cross, I think very significant, telling us that the veil was rent in two. In that veil, you can read historically, they believe that that separated the holy place from the most holy place was very, very thick. And, and those priests, 
that were in the holy place who were not allowed to go into the Holy of Holies, only the high priest was. That's where the tangible presence of God was. That's where the Shekinah glory of God was. The high priest only allowed to go in uh, once a, a year on the Day of Atonement for a short time to sprinkle the blood uh, for atonement for the nation. Something very significant happened. All of a sudden, the veil rent in two. And then when that curtain came down, the priest could see in the Holy of Holies, and it was like the Lord was declaring open house. Now you can come into my presence because my son has died for your sins. But then this insert here about the bodies of the Old Testament. So what was that all about? I think the best thing that I have read on that, Dr. John Wolvo, said that it's the first fruits of the resurrection. Because we know that the resurrection includes not just eternal life, but eternal life where our bodies will be raised up and we'll get new heavenly bodies, right? Mm -hmm. So when we study the New Testament, we know that the resurrection, Paul talks about it uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and he says that the resurrection, each in its own order, Jesus being the first fruits of the resurrection, and we know that he rose again. Um, there were cases you've read in the Old Testament, even with Jesus, that he raised people up from the dead, um, like Jairus's daughter, like Lazarus, um, but they were to die again. So he was yeah. the first fruits of the resurrection um, to, to come forth, a bodily resurrection from the grave. And because he was resurrected, we who are believers, we have the promise of being resurrected. And it's kind of interesting, Juan, because as you study the scriptures, and, and uh, it's quite a study, um, that we know that at the rapture of the church, that the New Testament saints, the church is going to be resurrected. Um, those who have gone on before us resurrected first, and then we'll meet the Lord at the rapture. A generation of Christians who are alive will meet the Lord in the air. We won't taste death. I pray that we're the generation um, that sees the rapture of the church. And then it seems to indicate that at the end of the tribulation period in Daniel chapter 12, the Old Testament saints are going to be resurrected. And um, we read that in the beginning of Daniel closing his book in chapter 12. Let me read it to you real quick. And so as we put, he says that uh, at the time Michael shall stand up, Michael the archangel, the great prince who stands, watch over your sons and your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never or since there was a nation, uh, even to that time. And at that time your people shall be delivered. And whoever uh, is found written in the book, and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, um, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. There seems to be indication that some scholars say at the end of the tribulation period that the Old Testament saints are going to be resurrected. Mm -hmm. So the best guess that I have, or the explanation John Wolvold is, that somehow those Old Testament saints that were seen as the graves opened up um, uh, after the resurrection of Jesus were the first fruits of the resurrection. Um, something of that, just like they would give the first fruits of the harvest, and then the harvest is going to come later. So uh, that's what I've read on it, but it's a very intriguing uh, verse and a very good question that you asked. <laughs> yeah, because uh, nobody really knows how many people were resurrected, or mm -hmm. uh, it might be just a couple people or thousands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and it is. Yeah, and um, you know they went in the holy city and appeared to many. 
And yeah. you know what's interesting, Juan, to me is what about the religious leaders? Did they see that? You, you would think that that would be a sign that, you know, something very significant and it happened. And, um, but it is interesting. So it must have been something of the first fruits um, that, you know, had taken place, just like they would bring the first fruits of the harvest in the springtime and then the harvest would come later um, at another feast. Um, so that's, that's kind of what we got, and that's what the thought is on that. But very intriguing, very interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for your answer. You bet. Thanks for calling. Right. Appreciate Thanks. it. All right. Bye. 303-690-3000 is the call-in number. Maybe you got a question about the Bible, or maybe you have a prayer request. Maybe you um, just uh, want to your, uh, talk about something that's important to you. Give me a call. And we got all open lines right now, so grab that open line. Give me a call, and we'll go right to the phone lines. The text line is 720-336-0897. You know, the resurrection is a very fascinating subject and, and promise that's given to us as believers. In Paul's writing about the, the resurrection, it, it brings us comfort to know that we are going to be resurrected, and uh, we have that promise because Jesus was resurrected so that's why the resurrection is the very foundation of our faith as Christians, because Paul goes on to say that if Christ had not risen from the grave, then we're still in our sins. Our preaching is empty, he says, your faith is also empty. And he goes, "If for if the dead did not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. So the resurrection is, you know, the, the very foundation that Jesus rose from the grave after three days of our faith. And because of that, he's risen from the dead, become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And he goes on to explain that through Adam, you know, death came, but through the last Adam, Jesus Christ, that life has come. And, um, and then each one in his own order, in his own order, um, Christ, the first fruits afterwards, those who are in Christ at his coming. So, you know, we have the promise of the resurrection, and um, there is going to be a generation of Christians that will not taste death, and that's at the rapture of the church. Like I said to Juan, I, I pray that we are that generation, and I am looking so forward to the coming of the Lord. And the coming of the Lord is something for us as Christians, and the promise of the resurrection to bring comfort to us. And Paul, when he wrote about it, he said, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning those who have fallen asleep. And he begins to talk about the resurrection. He talks about the rapture of the church. And he says, comfort one another with these words. Listen, those of you who are tuned in and Christians, we have a wonderful future ahead of us. And we can look around us in the world and we can get very distraught and very concerned. We get anxious. We can get stressed out. We can get angry, whatever the case may be. But I want us always to remember that we have a glorious, glorious future in the Lord and that we're going to spend eternity with him. We have the resurrection, new heavenly bodies. I was preparing for our Wednesday study. We're in Ezekiel right now, and Ezekiel's talking about the millennial temple and the, the you know Levites that are going to be ministering and the Lord that's going to be present uh, in the millennium reign at the temple. That's our future. That is our future, and, and it, it's glorious. And that had to be the highlight for Ezekiel because all the chapters for 
39 chapters, he's talking about judgment. He's talking about difficulty that's come to Jerusalem, the destruction because of their sin. He's off into captivity. But all of a sudden, he sees the future where Israel's restored, where there's a millennium temple, uh, where the Lord is reigning here um, uh, from that temple in Jerusalem. Uh, it's very magnificent. And so, um, you know, I just, um, you know, as I think about that, you know, we have a wonderful future, and it should bring us great comfort to know that and uh, and help us to realize that time is short, and we want to be about the, the business of the Lord. We want to be about, um, you know, what uh, perhaps, uh, you know, the Lord would have us to do and keep our eyes on eternity. So just want to encourage you in that. Hey, 303-690-3000, the call-in number. We got a couple open lines. We're going to go to Ryan in New Jersey. Hi, Ryan. Hey, Ed, how you doing? Good, how are you? Thanks for calling. I'm doing good. I have a... Uh... I have a question about anxiety and uh, and your response to Christians uh, who deal with anxiety and maybe just a, a biblical response to dealing with that. And then and then also, you know, if you've ever dealt with that, you know, being in the ministry and uh, and how you have dealt with that personally. Well, anxiety is very real, and I think most people deal with anxiety or worry of some sort. And I, yes, the answer is yes for me in, in my ministry. There's been times where I've been anxious. There's been times where I have worry. And, um, you know, sometimes there are those who come across of, I don't worry about anything. Well, they're a lot tougher than I am. And I just, in the honesty of answering you, yes, there are times that I've been anxious. Yes, there's been times where I've worried. But I, I, the key for me, um, Ryan, is number one, to be comforted by the Word of God. And one of the things is um, what Paul wrote about in Philippians. Paul is writing that book when he's in prison. He doesn't know whether he's going to die or whether they're going to release him. He says, you know, uh, um, between these two things, whether to go home to be with the Lord or to continue on with you, he doesn't know what his future is. But the whole theme of Philippians is joy. And that just amazes me because, you know, he just has this peace. Um, he has this confidence in the Lord, and he says something that's very important for us to understand in Philippians chapter 4. He says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. And I actually did a study um, on thanksgiving of how we can keep from being anxious and worry through chapter 4, First Philippians, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. So even in those times where we're anxious to rejoice in the Lord, and that can be hard, but to rejoice and have a song in our hearts. Second of all, to, um, to know that uh, he says that the Lord is at hand. Um, to remember that the Lord is coming back, that we have a wonderful future in the Lord, uh, that we belong to him. Um, and we can trust him with whatever he's doing in our lives. And to be anxious, but through prayer and supplication, we can go to him, call out to him, and we're to do it with thanksgiving. And even during those times where we're anxious or depressed or down, I think that we all have a reason, well, we do as a Christian, because we're forgiven and we're saved and we have the Lord. We can be thankful for that. 
But there's other things that we can be thankful for as well. And as we come to the Lord, give our prayers, our supplications, you know, our request to him with thanksgiving that he begins to work that peace that passes understanding. And sometimes we're anxious and we worry because we want understanding and we don't have it. And the Lord says, I'm going to give you a peace that passes understanding and to guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to say in verse 8, that brethren, whatever things are true and things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, if there's any virtue or anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So to meditate on the things of the Lord. So what we are to do is rejoice in the Lord. We are to be looking for the Lord. We are to be praying to the Lord and that we're to meditate on the things of the Lord. And I'll tell you, that does a lot ryan to help us with our worry and our anxiety and one of the things too that i like to do is go through the psalms because david he was one that he struggled in being down he would write why is my you know soul cast down um he would talk about soaking his pillow you know in the trials and difficulties but what we do is we learn from david who turned to the lord and began to express his thanks to the lord put his trust in the Lord, and rest in the love of the Lord. And it just, the Psalms bring me great comfort um, when I'm feeling down or anxious or I'm not sure what's going to happen. And and for me, the key is to be comforted by the Word of God and to go over these things that I can look at God's Word. Just Philippians chapter 4 and say, you know, Lord, I hear you, and I don't have to be anxious, but through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, I can come to you and you're going to begin to work that peace that passes understanding. And hopefully that helps, Ryan. Yeah, it does. Thank you very much, Ed. And I, I, appreciate, uh, I appreciate your radio station. I love listening to you at 10, 10 too. So thank you for that. I appreciate you, you picking up. You bet. God bless you. Yep, you as well. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Text line 7203360897. We all get anxious. And I think this last year that we've gotten very, very anxious. And, um, you know, we've, we have uh, just, you know, gone through the uncertainty of what's going on around us. And uh, it's, it's, we've had to maneuver through all of that. And I, I know that, um, that it hasn't been easy, but we, don't have to have the spirit of fear, as Romans 8 tells us, but the spirit of adoption where we cry out, Abba, Father. And I'm so grateful for that, that we can go to our Heavenly Father and He hears us. And I think it's very important that we do that. In Isaiah chapter 30, the Lord said to the, to the children of Israel who were very anxious and worried because of the Assyrians, He said, come to me. He said, come to me. And as you come to me, you'll have confidence um, and as you wait on me, um, I'll be gracious to you, and then you're going to hear from me. And the Lord desires for us uh, to be strengthened by him, be strengthened by his word. And, and I hope that we always remember that, that the word of God is there to strengthen you and edify you and build you up. And sometimes it's hard to sit down and read your Bible or to pray to the Lord. But what can happen when we get worried and anxious is we have a tendency to pull away from the Lord. Listen, you're to draw close to the Lord. Draw close to Him. 
continue to look to him and know that the Lord wants to work in your life, that he hears you, and that his promises are true for you, and that we can take his word and we can stand on the firm foundation of his word and be strengthened by it. And so there's lots of verses that, you know, deal with anxiety. Uh, um, kind of going through Psalm, I mentioned Psalm, uh, Psalm uh, 37, you know, 23 and 24 uh, speaks of that um, though a man may fall, he shall not utterly be cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand and others. So love to bless you some more. John's waiting on line one. John will come right back after the break and give me a call. We've got a couple open lines. 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Biggs of Calvary Chapel Greeley with you to uh, take your questions and uh, take your prayer requests. So we got a couple open lines. Got plenty of time for you to call in on this Monday and love to talk to you and pray with you and take you to God's word and encourage you any way that I can. And so give me a call at 303-690-3000. The text line is 720-336-0897. Text me a question. Love to go to the text line as time permits. So with you in the show, um, even though uh, I got a broken tooth, I broke a tooth just right before the show and uh, so if it sounds like that um, talking in a little bit of pain is because of that broken tooth, but God's grace is sufficient, right? And um, happy to be with you today, and we'll get that tooth fixed eventually this week, but I'm so glad that I can be a part of this ministry, a part of Calvary Live, Grace FM, and uh, I'd love for you to call. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, those of you in Colorado, Wyoming, um, uh, listening on Grace FM or, or from Truth or uh, Hope FM on the East Coast, or if you're online, give me a call at 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to John in Loveland. John? Hello, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good, Jeff. Better than I deserve. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling. <laughs> yeah, so my question is, um, if we get to heaven or when we get to heaven, are we able to look down on earth um, just because, you know, earth is sinful and heaven is without sin. So I was wondering if there's any scripture that answers that question, if we're able to actually look down on, you know, our family members, or, you know, if not, or if it's like pick and choose, if we can see, you know, the good acts and we can't see the sinful acts. I just, I didn't know if there was anything scripture-based that answered that. Yeah, and you hear a lot, um, don't you, uh, that, you can go to a funeral or you can, because I've done a lot of funerals and memorial services, that so-and-so is looking down, you know, on us, or so-and-so is with us. There's nothing in Scripture that really indicates that they're looking down at us. Uh, one of the verses that is used um, to try to, um, you know, um, support that people are looking and watching us 
is, of course, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses um, that, you know, let us run our race uh, with endurance. So the picture can be that there's a great cloud of witnesses that are kind of in the grandstand of heaven looking down on us, cheering us on as we run our race. But that's not what Hebrews chapter 12 is telling us. It follows, of course, chapter 11, the hall of faith, all those in faith that have gone on before us. And so the author of Hebrews is simply telling us that, you know, because so many have gone on before us, that just as they had to run their race and they went through difficulties and they went through trials and they went through, you know, challenges that were to run our race as well. So it's not saying that they're up there in the grandstands of heaven looking down at us um, and, you know, cheering us on. That's not the meaning of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. It seems to indicate to me, uh, as Jesus told uh, that um, story of Lazarus and the rich man in Luke chapter 16, I don't know if you're familiar with it or not, um, but he told of Lazarus who went to Abraham's bosom, the rich man who was in the um, the place of the unrighteous dead, um, in Hades there. There was a chasm between them. It was the rich man that was yelling over to Abraham, hey, can you send Lazarus back to warn my brothers uh, about, you know, what is to come to them? And it was Abraham that said, nope, can't go back, can't go back, and um, they have the scriptures. So it seems to give indication that, no, there isn't a watching, there isn't a going back, um, you can hear a lot of people say, well, so-and-so came back. You know, of course, the occultic practices, um, you know, you know, people are, the dead summons, all of this. So there's no indication at all that they see what's going on here on earth. There is the cry of the martyrs in the book of Revelation, how long, O oh Lord, um, that, you know, before you venture blood, but there's no indication that they can see what's going on um, here on the earth. So I don't think there is any scripture that gives us that indication. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the, the elaboration. That was very helpful. So. Yeah, and, you know, I think this is, and when you really think about it, is we're going to be before the Lord. Um, we're going to be in His glory, and it's going to be so glorious and so awesome. And, you know, Hollywood gives this version of we're going to be on a cloud, you know, playing the harp and all bored and wish we could go back and make things right. It's not going to be that way in heaven. We're going to be before the Lord in glory. You know, I want to, I want to focus on that. And that's what Hebrew says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, you know, the author and finisher of our faith. And, um, and I think we're just going to be so enraptured with his holiness and his light. Um, you know, that's where we're going to be, and that's what our focus is going to be. The only time that we're going to know what's really coming down on earth is when we come back with him in the second coming of Jesus Christ, and then we're going to rule and reign with him in the millennium reign. So you got a different, you know, setting there um, as we rule and reign with the Lord um, in the millennium reign. But right now in heaven, we're hidden away in his chambers, um, and we are there. And um, there's no indication that we're actually seeing or 
you know, in the grandstands cheering on people down here. Right. Well, awesome. Well, thank you, Jeff. You bet. Good question. A lot of people are wondering about that. And, you know, I don't say it to bum people out, you know, and everything, but um, just that's what the scripture teaches us. And, and um, that's what the scripture shows us. So um, we want to keep our eyes on the Lord here. And, you know, the main thing, the message is, you know, you come to faith in Jesus. So you'll see your loved one in heaven. And, um, and that's the important part, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, John. Appreciate your question. Good question. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Have a great week. All right, you too. Bye. Got all open lines. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. The, the call-in number, text line 720-336-0897. So text me a question if we got time. So uh, glad you're calling in, listening. Um, good questions that are being asked. It blesses me when people are studying their Bible and these questions come up. And some of these questions aren't easy to answer. Uh, but, man, we want to keep our eyes on the Lord, keep our eyes on heaven. And uh, and the message of, listen, we want to be together in heaven. Uh, I have that message for my family, for those that I have opportunity to minister to. And um, it's such a, a glorious hope that we have and message of hope that we have uh, to give of the gospel to others. So that's what we want to focus on. Hey, let's go to line two, Brent in Denver. Yes, hi, hi Pastor. Uh, the, I wanted to follow up on that question about, uh, about uh, can people look down. The Scripture mm-hmm. says that uh, when one sinner repents, the angels give a huge shout-out. Right. Um, uh Possibly, can they see, uh, or do we have a guardian angels? Does every every born again Christian have a guardian angel or an angel assigned to them? Uh, since like Stephen, I think Stephen was he surrounded by angels when he was martyred, uh, and so could the angels? And of course, we know that the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost obviously they see everything. But maybe uh, our attention when we die and we're in heaven in front of the throne is just only on the Lord. But uh, do we have a guardian angel, uh, and do uh, demons escort the dead to hell, and do angels escort us up to heaven? And at least do the angels, since they give a shout-out when one center repents, do you think that they uh, can see what's going on down here? And do they go from heaven to earth? Do they go back and forth? Yeah, those are good questions, and as we look at the ministry of angels, we know they're ministering spirits. You know, there's that interesting verse in Hebrews that says, don't forget to entertain strangers because some have entertained angels unknowingly. We do know that angels can appear as men. We see that in Luke's gospel, I believe, at the resurrection, that as um, as uh, Mary looked in, the women, into the tomb, uh, they saw uh, two angels in the appearance of men, but they were angels. Um, so, you know, angels can come in, in the appearance of men. And, you know, I, I kind of joke once in a while, you know, when we go over that text in in church, I say, you know, maybe the stranger sitting next to you is an angel. <laughs> and probably not, but, you know, don't forget to entertain angels. So they do. They, they're administering spirits. Now, as far as guardian angels, that's an interesting question. Uh, question. 
because uh, Matthew gives us some indication that perhaps uh, children have a, a guardian angel. Um, and uh, I have to find exactly where that's at. Um, but um, he talks about children and their angels, Jesus does. And then also, we know from the book of Acts, you remember when Peter was um, thrown in prison by Herod, this is the third Herod of the New Testament. Herod had James beheaded in chapter 12 of the book of Acts. And mm-hmm. it was Peter Peter um, that was going to be next. Um, it was James that was the first martyr, um, you know, of the apostles. And then as Herod, you know, realized that the Jews were, were happy that he did that, he said, well, I'm going to chop off, you know, Peter's head. So Peter, he's freed from prison by the angels. And, uh, you know, um, he comes to the house of the door um, that where the saints are praying, the disciples are praying, and he knocks on the door, and this young girl named Rhoda came to answer. And it says in chapter 12 of Acts that uh, when, um, you know, she you know went to the door, she recognized Peter's voice, and because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran and told and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, you're beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, it's his angel. Isn't that interesting? So here are the disciples. They're up praying, yeah. free Peter, free Peter, free Peter. He gets freed by the angels, and he comes knocking on the door, and this young girl goes to answer and, and comes back. She gets so excited, she leaves them standing out there. And <laughs> she, come, she comes back to the room and says, it's Peter. And they said, oh, you're beside yourself, you know, and it's just his angel. Now, if somebody would have said that to me, you better believe I would have got up and, and gone out and checked out, uh, go on in, Peter, but I want to see the angels, you know? So yeah. I think the early church was very aware of angels. And Well, didn't you know, it say Paul, that Jesus had two guardian angels, or Satan just said that, uh, that Jesus was protected uh, from angels lest he uh, stump his foot? And yeah. uh, one other amend- amendment to this question, uh, do you think it was angels that pushed over the walls of Jericho? I mean, it seems like in the Old Testament there was a lot of activity of angels throughout the Old Testament. Well, there was a lot of activity, and what is interesting, too, is there's going to be a lot of activities in the future, in the tribulation period. you got angels all over the place. And, yeah, one cor- um, they go to the four corners, there are four corners, and they're gathering at the end of the tribulation. Uh, one is going through the air saying, don't take the mark of the beast. Uh, but right now, uh, because of our sin state, and the we're like, you know, right before Sodom and Gomorrah got judged, uh, do you think that the angel activity is, is that a minimal? Or do you think it's just consistent from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant to well, tribulation? Yeah. Well, we're just more I, aware I, of it then. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's very consistent. Here's the thing: in the book of Daniel, you remember that Daniel was praying, and his prayers got hindered. And the angel came and said, "Hey, I was hindered um, because you know of Satan that came against me." And then Michael had to come and help me. And so he he mentions um, actually it, it wasn't Satan; it was the prince of Persia that came against him. And um, we know that uh, um, he's talking about this spiritual activity is going on. And uh, he, he goes on to say um, that 
you know, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief prince, came to help me. And um, then he goes on to say, you know, here's your answer. I got to go because now I got to deal with the prince of Greece. So there seems to be that some look at that and say, okay, that there's demons over nations, the prince of Persia, the prince of Greece, because we know from Ephesians that there are principalities and powers and, and spiritual wickedness in high places, that there's an order of demons just like there's an order of angels. You know, you have the cherubim, you have the seraphims, you have Michael, the archangel. He's the only archangel that is mentioned. He seems to be the defender of Israel. We know that an angel came and destroyed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers, as you, you read about Hezekiah when the Assyrians surrounded Jerusalem there in Isaiah, uh, chapters 36, you know, uh, around that point of Isaiah, that 185,000 Assyrians came, uh, were killed by this one angel. So there was a lot of angelic presence and, and things that are told to us in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Paul, he talks about order in the church. He said, make sure there's order in the church because there's angels that are watching. So when we gather as a church, are there angels? Do we have a guardian angel? Peter, you know, he had his angel. I don't have all the answers, but angels are very present. They are ministering spirits. Um, you asked about, do angels escort us to heaven? In Luke chapter 16, when, when Lazarus died, it says that the angels escorted him to Abraham's bosom. So that verse gives us indication that, yes, um, that perhaps when we die that we're escorted to heaven by angels. Very interesting as you start to put all that together. I had heard one time a, a little girl, you know, children, they, they're not taught that they're not supposed to see angels. But uh, one time in church, a little girl looked back and she said, Mommy, who's that 10-foot, like a 10-foot man holding a sword? And it was at the back of the church. And I thought that was interesting because sometimes I think children— uh, spiritually, it, you know, it's, it's uh, may have happened or may not have, uh, or conjecture, but I thought that was interesting. The little child could see the angel in the church, and the angel had a sword. And then you mentioned uh, under Hezekiah and Isaiah, they prayed that the Lord would uh, delay, uh, you know, until it wasn't time until Babylon would uh, come and take them into captivity, but he answered that prayer. And MacArthur said, yeah, that's, well, that's one heck of an angel. That, that's some angel. Uh, it can fly, slow, yeah. you know, slew 185,000. Well, thank you very much. Let's get other yep. people on, and I appreciate you for answering. I, I love the topic; it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, so, and God bless. That one, Go ahead. Yeah, Brent. That one verse is concerning children, and do they have a guardian angel? Let me just read it to you. Um, Matthew 18, verse 10. Take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. So that's another interesting verse that is there. Um, you know, one of the things that there, it is an interesting topic, um, but, you know, to balance it out with that, um, you know, John in the, the revelator um, of, you know, the, the, who wrote the Apocalypse of Jesus Christ, the Revelation of Jesus Christ, when he saw the angel, he fell on his feet. There's a whole hierarchy of angels, and um, and they are present and they're ministering spirits. Um, but here's the thing that intrigues me, and I just want—I was just thinking of this, Brent, and then I'll let you go. 
Um, okay. But when Mary looked in the tomb and saw the angels, in John's uh, recording of uh, the resurrection, that she turned and she saw what she's supposed to be the gardener. Of course, it was Jesus. She was only interested in her Lord. She said, where's my Lord? You know, tell me where you put him and I'll go and get him. She wasn't interested in the angels because she was so in love with the Lord. And and that's that's the thing to keep in mind. Angels are real. They're, I believe they're around us. There's a spiritual dimension out there. Remember mm-hmm. uh, Elijah said, Lord, open up the eyes of my servant. And there's these fiery chariots all around. But I want to be so enamored with the Lord that I keep my focus on him. And um, I, you know, stay close to him, and I want to know about him. And uh, yeah. we're actually, here's the interesting thing, Brent. We're actually, it tells us that Paul says, you're going to be judging the angels. So I believe in the millennium reign that, you know, we're going to be telling angels what to do and go here and go there. So it's all very fascinating. You know, one thing, when she looked in the tomb and saw those two angels, I get a picture of the mercy seat. Yeah. Yeah. The two angels, yeah. the two cherub on top of the mercy seat of the ark. And yeah. think about it. Yeah. There's blood from Christ. He would have bled on that stone, and there were two right. angels. And that, yeah. that, to me, is a vision of the mercy seat of the ark of the yeah. covenant. Yep. Very well, good. Hey, thank Very you good. for answering my question. You bet, Brent. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. You have a great week. You too. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. we got a couple minutes for a phone call. Love for you to call. Text line 720-336-0897. Angels is an interesting topic. They're around, and there's a whole spiritual dimension going on around us. Um, And, you know, and the thing is, we keep our eyes on the Lord, the ministering spirits. And, um, you know, when John saw the angel, he was overwhelmed, fell down, and the angel says, stand up, I'm just a fellow servant. And uh, same thing with Daniel happened. Um, And it's interesting that when we rule and reign in the millennium reign, and we're going to do that, um, that, you know, we're going to judge the angels, Paul says. I find that very fascinating as he's writing to the Corinthians. You know, are we going to be, you know, telling angels what to do and where to go and and, and as their ministering spirits? So interesting subject. Do we have a guardian angel? The thing to remember is the Lord is our protector. And the Lord is our guardian, and David writes a lot about that. But they're ministering spirits, and they're real, and they're out there. Hey, uh, 303-690-3000 is the number to call. I got a text question uh, that came in in the beginning of the show. It says, do we need to read the books of the law in the Old Testament? And that would be the first five books of the Old Testament. And, of course, Genesis. A lot of us read Genesis. There's so many wonderful stories, you know, of um, the beginning, the creation account, um, you know, Noah's flood, and then we have Abraham that comes on the scene, and then the patriarchs um, that uh, come along, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and his 12 sons. And then it leads us into Exodus, uh, where they have been in slavery for 400 years, and they're freed from that. And as you read, particularly Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, there's a lot of Christians that feel like we don't have to study really those books, um, that a lot of, you know, there's some interesting stories and things like that. Um, but, uh, one of the things is, um, it is important because 
we know that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all Scripture is profitable. All Scripture is, is inspired. God breathed, put to the page, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And so it's important for us to study all of God's Word. And um, it's important for us that uh, to study those first five books of the Bible. We're not under the law. But we study those books, and we can make application for our lives. So it's wonderful study. Hey, let's go to Caleb in Aurora. Hi, Caleb. Hello, Pastor. Caleb. How are you? We got a few minutes, so glad you called. All right, I'll try to make this. Uh, I'll try to ask my question efficiently. Uh, it kind of goes with the theme of angels and demons that's been on the show today. Uh, so I'm. I'm wondering uh, what kind of what the big difference is, aside from uh, spiritual and physical, between humanity and angels and demons, uh, because in Genesis there, there's the reference to the, the demons that came down and uh, had their way with uh, women, and they were referred mm-hmm. to as uh, sons of God. And then yes. uh, in Daniel, when you're talking about Daniel, he, he had a prayer, and it was heard immediately, and an angel was dispatched to answer his prayer, and then he was held up 21 days by uh, what who is referred to as the Prince of Persia, but they were speaking of a, a seemingly a demonic spiritual force. And then uh, the, the Prince Michael, the archangel, was dispatched to assist this angel, to make right. it to Daniel, so our and you know God and Jesus are are kings, and uh, you know the if the demons and angels are referred to sons of God, and then these different spiritual forces are referred to as you know the Prince of Persia and the Prince Michael. You know, so I'm just kind of looking for clarification. You know, what are the you know are they children? Are angels and demons children of God and if they are, well, would that not make them also in God's image, just as kind of we are? No. no, angels aren't in the image of God. You know, when God created man, He said, they said, let us make uh, man in our image. When Jesus died on the cross, he didn't die for angels. Um, and so you have the angels that rebelled. You know, they were cast down. There's no chance of redemption for them. The sons of God is a reference to angelic beings that are in the scriptures. And I think you're making reference to Genesis chapter 6, where the sons of God saw the daughters of men that were beautiful and took up wives for themselves. So there's, you know, and then the Nephiums are, are produced, giants in the land. So this, was that demons having relations with, with women? There's different thoughts on that. Some say, no, that it isn't demons, that it's talking about different genealogies um, trying to, you know, uh, pollute the, the godly line of Seth or whatever. Um, it, it's interesting that uh, in that little book of Jude, uh, right before the book of Revelation, that it's, it, there's some interesting things. Jude, it's only one chapter, but it's a powerful little epistle. And he uh-huh. says that the angels who did not keep their proper de- domain left their own ab- uh, abode, is reserved to everlasting chains under the darkness for the judgment of the great day. And then he goes on and says, as for Sodom and Gomorrah and their cities around them, he, he gives reference to sexual immorality. 
who's gone after strange flesh. So he seems to indicate that he links these these angels that did not keep their proper domain in the immorality and, and having relations. Um, so that's an interesting verse that is there. Um, so, you know, sons of, of God um, has been a reference to angels. Um, you know, um, there's fallen angels. There's um, those references that are made. And um, that's, that's what we see there, I believe, in chapter 6 of Genesis. So what about uh, what about the uh, the whole the prince you know the prince Michael and the, the prince of Persia well referring I to think... spiritual forces are are angels and demons princes in the sense that Jesus is a king? Well, I, I think it's telling us that there's um, that Satan has his demons in order. Um, Ephesians chapter six gives us an indication, um, just as there's Michael the Archangel, there's cherubim, seraphims, there's Gabriel, um, who is, you know, mentioned as well, that has a role in the announcements of uh, the Messiah. But as we go to Ephesians chapter 6, he's talking about, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So it tells us, that they're organized and they uh, have different ranks and, um, you know, because Satan is a counterfeiter. So wish we could talk more about maybe we can. And so give me a call and I'll be back here tomorrow. And thank you all who called, but we've run out of time. You've heard the music. God bless you. And we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.